1: Hey White Sox fans! Southside Sox Mothership Podcast, number 82. It's cold. It's nasty out there. There's no baseball news at all. It's a horrifying time to be a White Sox fan and a baseball fan. But we're here for you. 82 times over the last year and a half or so, we're doing it again. It's really close to almost the most wonderful time of the year. You know, it's not Sox of us any longer, but it is white Sox hall of fame time this is the fifth year we're doing it can you believe that you've had to deal with me for five five years now i am brett Ballantine, your host for this wonderful podcast at some point maybe once we no longer are talking about or we have not yet talked about major league zach hayes zachary is going to jump in at some point once he's done with dinner so he will he's watching it right (laughs) now (laughs) he's he's just brushing up on all the finer (laughs) points of that voodoo character uh, and uh, but for now, we are beginning and kicking off our White Sox Hall of Fame talk with the mainstays of the podcast. It's Adrian Serrano and Crystal O'Keefe representing the Indianapolis Field Office. Welcome to you both. And hey, listen, I don't know if it's your first time voting or not, but it is White Sox Hall of Fame time.
0: Yay! Yeah, will, will be my first my first
2: vote for sure. And uh, it's an extensive ballot, but
1: it is give it's not funny. an option. It's not for the weak at heart. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Is it 21? I
2: think it's 21 is my count.
1: Yeah, it's like 21 or 22. Uh, The cutoff has gone down over the years, but uh, I just pretty much go, all right, how much war do you have as a White Sox player? And I think right now the cutoff is like low 20s. So, I mean, at some point, you know, I guess it may become silly, but then you've got Jose Abreu, new on the ballot, and he is... He's punching close to the top 10 all-time already in White Sox uh, war, um, <laughs> as scary as that is uh, uh, for a position player, uh, but I guess beyond Jose Abreu, who we think would be a shoo-in this year, uh, any any particular pet candidates on the ballot for you?
2: Yeah, I I took some notes just because there's so many and like at next to Jose Abreu, I just wrote next, <laughs> like, yeah, so that's a yes. And then like, all right, let's right. not waste any more time. Um, I limited myself to two what I call fanboy picks that like probably don't really get there, but like I have a soft spot for them, and that's going to be fanboy pick number one, uh, Ray Durham, uh, three fifty two OBP he kind of feels like if he played right now, he'd be a different player. They kind of uh, he was ahead of his time a bit maybe, and just struck out too much. It hit the ball on the ground too much. And like, had he changed that? Like maybe he's a 200 home run guy and, you know, a completely different hitter. Um, one of the first guys I remember too, that just kind of, uh, got dumped for salary after the, you know, the white flag, like, just kind of like, eh, we don't really, uh, we don't have any more room for him. Um, we need that John Atkins contract. <laughs> he
1: um, was too old, Adrian. He was too old. He wasn't a kid. Then, uh,
2: fanboy pick number two for me is uh, Alex Ramirez, uh, Cuban missile. <laughs> um, he came over at 26, but I don't know if any of us will ever be sure if he's 26. The way he fell off at the end there, like I feel like he might have been 28 or 29 when he came over. You know, Kind of the El Duque thing. You had no idea how old he was at the time. But, I mean, arguably you know, up there with Nelly Fox and Ozzie Guillen as the best defensive shortstops in the history of the team. Like he's doesn't have the numbers, but he didn't play for nearly as long as either of those guys did. Um, but I think he's just really underrated. If you uh, take a second, you know, and go and just take a look at Alexi Ramirez much better than you remember him. And, you know, we'd probably look at him a little different if Derek Jeter didn't steal a couple gold gloves from him um, through that really good part of his career. But uh, so those are my fanboy picks. Probably don't make it over some of these other guys, even in just the White Sox Hall of Fame. But like, I feel like they need a little bit of respect.
1: To tell Adrian that LSA was probably third, closer to 36 and 26 was the fact that anytime anything happened to him, he wailed in pain. He rolled around in the dirt. <laughs> a man had no shame when it came to his pain. You got to love the guy and Ray Durham, extremely close to my heart. So I love those fanboy <laughs> picks. I'll fanboy right with you. Crystal O'Keefe. Uh, any thoughts on this ballot beyond...
3: Pito, who you gotta think is close to a <laughs> shoe he he yeah he was definitely my number one i love him endlessly um i picked a couple i didn't really give a bunch of explanations because i was too lazy in my note taking um but i will own up to one in chris sale i don't really care what anybody says about it um if you put the kind of rotten person aside, he's a good player, and even his rot isn't that bad, he just doesn't believe in getting the vaccine. So, you gotta pick and choose your battles. Um, but I think he was always a phenomenal player. I enjoyed watching him prior to jumping ship over to the White Sox, but um, yeah, so I picked for sale, um, and picked Chuck Lemon because. <laughs> He's been i mean there's there's no way he shouldn't be in something like this he he was phenomenal so he was a really big pick and then i also picked Wilbur wood because again phenomenal absolutely phenomenal player
1: <laughs> <laughs> talk about a guy who did not play of his time he was like a 19. Yeah. he was like ed walsh in 19, in the 1970s um you know uh crystal was one thing i've learned being down here in florida You can take the ace hurler out of Florida, but you can't take Florida out of the ace hurler. So, hey, what are you going to do? He is a guy who does, you know, he is deserving. I think he got a pretty nice share of the vote uh, just a year ago. So it's only a matter of time for him uh, because this really is White Sox career. I don't think there's any danger of him coming back. So, you know, this is what it's going to be. And it's pretty, it's pretty darn good. I would say it's got to be close to what uh, Jose Breu, just in terms of war production, has Mm -hmm. put up in, you know, relatively similar uh, time period. I think what's funny about this ballot is that we have four players, not even including Wilbur Wood or Chet Lemon, uh, both guys who are right on the border of like legit Hall of Fame consideration. If you're looking big Hall at all, so we have four Hall of Famers on this ballot. From the White Sox, who are still on this ballot, who have still not been elected. So (laughs) it's been a stingy electorate, uh, perhaps too many fanboy picks, because there's guys like, you know, Red Faber, et cetera, et cetera, and so on, Uh, Hoyt Wilhelm, who are still not even in this Hall of Fame. So, uh, you know, there's still some work to be done uh, um, among the electorate out there. So, you know.
2: Yeah, this is a uh, – it was a uh, – going through the list, I'm like, yeah, this is a stacked lineup. I think I ended up having 11 yeses uh, to 10 no's. Um, um, out of Crystal's picks, I think I was a yes also on Chris Sale and Wilbur Wood. And the only reason I was a no on uh Chet Lemon was just because, like, I feel like he kind of came into more of his own as a Tiger. And, like, he played longer on the Tigers. So, like, as a White Sox Hall of Fame, we're voting on not a – you know, the Baseball Hall of Fame. The same with a – uh Hoyt Wilhelm. Hoyt Wilhelm played some of his best baseball for the White Sox, but he played for, like, 45 years, you know, <laughs> like he, yeah. a long career on many yeah. teams besides He's, just the White Sox. He so started
1: like... with the White Sox at age yeah. 40. So, yeah. yeah, another very strange character. And, yes, Adrian, we will be talking after this podcast about your your your, your degrading of Chet Lemon. Crystal has gone to the top of the podcast guest list. Adrian, you are slipping. But there's time to redeem yourself uh let's talk perhaps about uh some of the bonus categories last year i was lazy or maybe i felt there wasn't a lot of interest in them Mm. so uh, i skipped all these fun extra bonus uh categories and uh this year they're back i believe there are nine of them uh any of them jump out to you as being particularly fun uh or delightful anyway
2: I did have a side note here for defensive play. I feel like you stack the deck. Like my note just says, Brett stacked the yes. deck to get Uribe's <laughs> play in. Like, cause the rest of those plays were kind of like, eh, not really like noteworthy in too many ways, but yeah. So the Uribe, the Uribe play, um, 2005 moment, El Duque, um, a lot of great moments, but the El Duque moment was the only moment on that list that I felt like if that had gone differently, maybe they don't win. Like, the AJ thing happened, but like they only lost one game in that series. The you know even that defensive play by Juan Uribe, like they yeah. swept that series. It's not like that won the series for them. You know like right. they probably were going to win regardless. Um, but um, and I yeah, think- and notable
1: in the 2005 moments is is we've gotten to the point where despite how incredible the uh, the amount of postseason moments there were, uh, this is the first time. I've inserted a non-playoff moment with the uh, Joe Creedy sort of like crashing to the ground. I believe they were up 15 at the beginning of August. They were down to, I think, two and a half when Joe Creedy hit his extra inning home run to sort of like make everybody just calm down and say, Hey, they've been leading all the way so far. Maybe this is going to work out. Okay. Uh, So this, I guess that's notable because there's so many good playoff moments. There's probably still more to, to, to squeeze into this category, but for now, Hey, let's sprinkle in Joe Creedy because he needs, he needs a little love as well uh, crystal anything uh, uh, jump out in particular to you among these bonus categories
3: I will say I agree with that defense that was the defensive one was stacked i I did end <laughs> up going with the ninth inning catch just because I remember watching that and being like oh my god um and for 2005 I went with Scotty pods because he's underappreciated <sighs> so there was that but um they were pretty fun I for I liked the best home run I actually went with Harold Baines for the 25th inning walk-off for that long game um and the nicknames were kind of fun I obviously went with Luis Robert because didn't he like come in with that nickname like it wasn't even something given to him I was like he just yeah, came in Gave and, it like, to
1: himself I
2: feel I feel like Eloy gave it to him like in uh you know spring training or <laughs> minors or something um I actually had a a write in for the home run, uh, so Ooh. I didn't. I didn't have any of those votes. I voted for uh, Luis Roberts' uh, wild card game home run in Oakland that hasn't landed yet. Right, uh, just as a super exciting moment.
1: Well, if, it, if I don't amend the ballot, uh, <laughs> if I haven't amended the ballot between recording this podcast and publishing everything here on Friday morning, who knows? Maybe Louis Robert makes it, and, and the Adrian Serrano movement. Not the Chet Lemon diss, but the Luis Robert home run movement can just take off. Uh, who's to say? Um,
2: Chet Lemon in the Detroit Tigers Hall of Fame.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he keeps digging. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, home run, it, that's a new category. And so many of these other, like, memorable moments, you know, these, these categories are malleable for sure. Uh, and, you know, the fact that uh, so many of the big moments have been home runs, I figured, you know, let's just have a home run category. So we're starting that off. Uh, we're going to get to nicknames in a second, but we're also going to welcome in Zach Hayes, who has uh, made his way. He is his, his belly full and he no longer hungry. So he is with us to talk White Sox Hall of Fame ballot as well. Um, Nickname. Let's just go through. You, you've already revealed yourself as a Pantera fan. Uh, there are a lot of candidates. I tried to select only nicknames that didn't actually have to do with the name, like Little Louie is a great nickname. But I said, you know what? Let's just wait on that one because his name's already in You know, let's just take ones that are just completely wild, like the milkman, and, uh, you know, see what people think. So there's a ton there. Uh, what are some early favorites for a uh, best nickname in White Sox history?
2: I appreciated the milkman because I just made a Herbert Perry uh, reference the other day on Twitter, but um, I had a vote for the Big Hurt. It's, uh, you know, became a brewery of his. Like, it's just, it became, it's a, it's a legacy. Like, his kids are going to, like, carry down that, like, trademark. Like, that's gone beyond nickname, you know, like,
1: really, Adrian? Frank Thomas' kids need shoes, so we gotta just pump up every possible money-making opportunity. For time. So we will just call this category the Nugenics Best Nickname of All Time. And then go, Frank, uh, just, just drop a penny in the jar for us. Um, Zach, uh, something jump out to you as your absolute favorite nickname. Oh, geez, Zach disappeared. Oh, I'm
0: yeah. Oh, I'm here. yeah. So, I have to go with El Duque because... I remember, I think the way my dad introduced the trade to me was just by yelling El Duque when, (laughs) when asking me who I thought they traded for. Uh, it works because it is really cool in two languages. That also does apply to El Caballo, Carlos Lee. Um, but like El Duque, the dude, man, come on, man. Like that's, that's really, that would work really well in two languages. The horse, maybe, uh, yeah, it has to be Spanish for it. To, to, to work in this context So uh, that would be That's the pick that stood out to me um, Also I want to give a shout out to Wimpy Because like eh, Good on him for wearing that I'll say that much <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Takes yeah. a good nature
1: I think that the uh, the the source of it is Tommy ordered It's because they all went out to eat All the Dodgers went out to eat And everybody ordered steak Because you know they're men <laughs> You order steak when you go out And he ordered a hamburger So I think that is how he got Wimpy And yeah like like you said he, he wore it and and loved it um oh wait i forgot to tell my story uh crystal i uh got harold bain's autograph in between uh the first half of that 25 inning game and the second half of it because you know they had of course stop it was 25 innings for god's sake and he had some autograph session the ball is somewhere yes i have harold bain's uh, autograph on a ball and then he went out that night and you know ended it and i think they probably played two games that day i don't know but went out that day and hit a home run. I put a little note on the ball somewhere. That's over there. Uh, so yeah, fascinating story. Uh, you guys, I know, all appreciate it. Um, Zach, a category uh, here among the bonus categories, as you've jumped in with us, that uh, stood out to you as being your the most difficult or uh, your your favorite.
0: I thought the the home run category was really difficult because those are those are all just great moments uh and they're all like really good memories obviously i think even even more so uh than than some of the other sort of assorted things we have but scott Petsenick's game two home run was just a was the moment when at least in my smallest child mind like where you knew that they were gonna win like you just knew uh you have the leadoff guy with zero home runs who had already hit one you know in that Improbable game one against Boston. Mm-hmm. It, it it was the moment, kind of the bookend to what seemed like a very faded season from start to finish. I thought so. It's so quite, that, uh, that that's what, what might was. very
2: well keep Brad Lidge out of the hall.
0: <laughs> but I I also Albert like, Pujols might have something to say about it. That. Was my <laughs> uh, it
2: was my pick for like uh, my you know introductory best moment. So like I tried to pick another moment too. There's another podcast if you want to go listen to me talk about Scottie Pod's home run. <laughs>
1: podcast pod home run yes I was I was at that game and you're exactly right um Zach you drove home thinking holy cow the White Sox are in extremely good shape maybe maybe after that home run you're like yeah they're gonna win uh oh man that was a good feeling because everything was so close aside from the very first game of the playoff every game was close you never felt that they were even when they were in the World Series, at that point, you thought, hey, maybe these guys can win it. But still, those games were close. Houston was proving very tough. They continued to rally, even though they didn't seem like they necessarily matched up with the White Sox. And so then when, as you're pointing out, Zach, the most unlikely guy to home run does, it, it's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> this is going to happen. I'm not sure. I didn't think they were coming back to still play more games. I thought they uh, uh, Houston show up a little bit better in Houston, but. I'll take a sweep. I'll take 11-1 run through the playoffs. I'll take immortality as opposed to the team on the crosstown gifting, getting a gift to win a World Series. But that's a different podcast. We'll talk about that when we talk about the Scotty Pod home run on another podcast with Adrian. And we'll probably talk about Chet Lemon too. Hey, maybe we'll take a break. Maybe we'll stop talking about the White Sox Hall of Fame. It's a Side Sox White Sox Hall of Fame. Fifth year we're doing it. The ballot is out right along with this podcast today. Go vote. There's no limitations, just like all our Hall of Fame ballots now, because limitations, we're not into them anymore. Vote for 21 or 22 players, however many they are. Vote for them all if you want. I might, I'll probably try to be able to tone it down a little bit from there. I might go more than Adrian's 11. I might not go all 21 or 22, but uh, all these guys are worth it down the ballot, uh, especially because we've uh, passed some relievers off of the ballot by now. But again, Zach wants to talk to me. That's an entirely different podcast. We've had it before. We'll have it again. But as for now, we're going to take a break and talk about some other things going around baseball besides the White Sox Hall of Fame. We will be back in a minute. Hang with us.
2: At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't
1: get in the way of life-changing care,
2: and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best, It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line, it's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI, it's possible. Because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder.
1: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Number I don't know I think is 82. I'm your host Brett Valentini. I have three delightful, delightful guests with me. It's basically the regular podcast crew at this point. Adrian Serrano rocking it. Crystal O'Keefe repping Indianapolis and its field office for Southside Sacks, and of course Zach Hayes. He comes in late, comes in early. He's just here with us at all times. Uh, I finished washing the dishes. He's here with us now and we're going to talk baseball in the second half of this podcast and I think I'm going to kick it to Crystal O'Keefe. She wrote a terrific little piece for us. Uh, White Sox released their promotions in sort of a strange clandestine sort of way because guess what? You can't really talk about players which is a fun way to unveil your podcast schedule for the season. Uh, I think I'm going to choose the Onyx bobblehead but I'm not sure what your preference is. Uh, Crystal, uh, but... uh, Take us through maybe a couple of promotion, pro, uh, promotions for the 2020 <laughs> asterisk season, season <laughs> in theory. Uh, what jumped out at you as maybe being the most fun to look forward to and something you might line up for in 2022?
3: Uh, yeah. So, well, first, obviously, we have absolutely no idea what players are going to get the bobblehead treatment this year. Unfortunately, I did note if it is not a Tim Anderson Field of Dreams bobblehead against the Yankees. Yeah. I will riot. Uh, personally, I think everyone should. And then there's another one coming up with the Twins. And I was like, it would kind of be funny if the D. Lucas Giolito, just, you know, one of those like stabs at Josh Donaldson again. Um, but other than that, you know, we have no idea. It's supposed to be current and present or current, current and past players. And then they have a the very controversial Southside hockey sweater, which people love, people hate. There's no neutral ground. Personally, I hate that logo, but I think the rest of it looks really nice. And uh, you can finally be proud to wear a hockey sweater in the city of Chicago right now. I noted and gave a shout out to the Chicago Wolves. Go support them instead of the Blackhawks. They're so much better. And those games are really fun. Um, I personally, my favorite of all of them was the crew neck sweater. It's early April. That's you know, just really nice logo on it, and it just feels very kind of 90s. Apparently, that's in style again, so there's that, Um, but I love that crude neck. I would probably wait in line and freeze for that sweatshirt. Um, I'm trying to think else. I mean, there are a lot of themed nights that they all kind of always do. Elvis night, country night, fireworks, and then the pizza Hawaiian shirt that (laughs) I also might wait in line for because it's just tacky enough
1: that I want
3: it for I my like
1: own reflection. I like that the White Sox every year have a country music night. Yeah. <laughs> it seems to fit <laughs> yeah yeah it seems to fit i mean it was bill Vec white socks where there was literally there were probably more than 81 nights in there probably had like three nights on some particular games just because he wanted to cram so much stuff in. uh before game they were stacking beer cases and then it was also like lithuania night and then it was you could win a cow if you pick the right number at night so you know you had a tendency to jam those in the white Sox don't do that anymore so it's still funny yeah. countrymen again so- sorry country fans, it's just just sort of (laughs) funny that on the south side of chicago we have a country music night every year i can't
3: even think of a player that would like have a country music walk-up song like maybe lance lynn but
0: cesar hernandez did this past year
3: oh he did
0: there weren't too many no
3: it's a weird one
2: yeah i feel like a lot of those like legacy nights just like they do them just because they do them like they're afraid of like the five people that are going to p- complain if they don't do elvis <laughs> night like nobody yeah. like nobody's getting like i gotta elvis get t- Knight. Elvis night elvis night
0: is an institution and we do not put it down <laughs> yeah, just,
2: like i record. think like dog night is the only one that'll get it picketed if they get rid of dog night um
1: and at but, least elvis night is super goofy you got the Elvises. i think i mean i don't know if they're still jumping from the plane jump from the plane you got goofy elvis you got all, always never never the so-called sexy Elvis always the 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 fat sequined Elvis roaming the stands uh you know you know there's an antic sense to it I, I also think it's funny connected to country music night but somehow mullet night has gone away country music night remains and really those two probably maybe they should be married so maybe you can just sneak in mullet night along with country music night
3: but. i was hoping for another star wars night because those are always fun the last time i went to one i there was a boba fett there and he saw my star wars sleeve that i currently have covered and i asked if i could hold his blaster and he like gave me his <laughs> blaster gun and there's a picture of me like holding it next to him just looking super tough
2: they've had some good they've had some good uh giveaways too for star wars night the last couple mm-hmm. of years uh my, my only guess is when they inevitably only play 60 games, that's 30 home games, do they save some of these giveaways for next year, or do they just do the same amount of giveaways?
3: Yeah, is that not to-
0: why the Yasmani Grandal basketball jersey has 20 yeah. on on the front of it?
2: <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah. Oh, I saw a tweet about, somebody said it, maybe it was even one of you, that that sweater will just stink if Yasmani wears it the entire oh. time like the- <laughs>
0: that. Was, uh, that was Sean. Sean Anderson yeah, said seen- that. That's <laughs> Uh Okay, let's.
1: Uh, it's a perfect seg um, as um, we reel back in this podcast from promotions to lockout because, of course, we don't know. Zach just uh, squeezed in there that we don't know if we're going to have a season at all—eighty-game uh, season, hundred-game season, sixty-game season. Even like sixty-game season, they have like figured it out. They can cram all of baseball in the two months, and still probably come away with all of the money they were going to get uh, for the season anyhow and less salary paid oh it's a baseball owner's dream uh but i'd say at this point um we had uh, christina putting together her first actual uh, solo piece i believe for us today she Covered the sort of labor update and what's going on, even sort of the breaking news, which was that the ownership has decided, you know what, we're not going to do this thing where you negotiate, where you actually bring proposals to the table, you don't counter proposal anymore. No, we're just going to run to the government. Very curious you're running to the government, given that you uh, um, have an antitrust exemption. But uh, And now they're going to need some mediation from the government, which, of course, is always going to speed things up and get us baseball, I'm sure, on March 31st or whenever opening day is. Uh, safe to say that spring training is going to be delayed, if not nixed uh, completely, which means we are going to have a compressed season looking ahead. Things can change, but uh, feelings about the news of today that uh, I don't think you can paint as anything but you know, dismal, and an indication that the owners want to just smoke out the players.
2: Yeah, it's kind of shocking that, they need a mediator now because their plan to like lock out the players and force them into taking a bad deal and not negotiating in good faith backfired. Like, like, cause they could have easily gone to just, like, all right, we know you don't trust us. And you know, let's both sides agree on a mediator and start with a mediator, a third party, you know, they could have done that at any point in the negotiations, but like, they just thought that they were going to strong arm it. It's really feels like they've all, they've been pushing for 60 games since 2020 went well 20, Sixty games, extended playoffs. Maybe the players try to push them to a hundred, but like I can't see them wanting to pay for more than that. They do not want to pay for one hundred sixty-two games. Period.
3: I don't think we're getting baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so even many- lip service to a season. Okay,
1: yeah.
3: I hate these owners. I don't think we're getting it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They're just, I, I can't even, I find it difficult to speculate because they're just, they're playing where the owners are, like you said, trying to smoke out the players. They're all playing chicken and it just goes down to who's willing to, to play chicken the longest. And I, I, it's hard to speak to that. And it's and weirdly enough, I'm actually a little, a little less confident that we'll lose games than I was a few weeks ago because I did think about it and see people talking about it, how you think about how quickly things actually came together in 2020. You know, it took about a month from agreement to season uh, and about 10, 12 days between agreement and start of camp and players have been angling for a shorter spring training for a long time anyway. So I, I could see there's a world in which a deal comes together rapidly. I'm not confident in it in the slightest. I'm not betting on it, Uh, but Yeah, we're not even really going to see any action, I feel like, for another two weeks at least. So it's hard to do much, but continue to throw your hands up and be like, what the hell?
1: Yeah,
2: I think we hope, like, best case is, like, we're hoping for, like, May. May 1st would be, like, oh, best case scenario, we have baseball by May 1st.
1: Yeah, the notion that so quickly the owners aren't even trying to, like... They're not trying to con anybody. They're not trying to play any sort of game. Uh, they know they, I guess they know they can't win any sort of PR uh, uh, battle. I mean, really, neither side looks great, but certainly players look far more sympathetic for uh, this this stalemate threat. And then when they're not even, I mean, to the point where they don't even, they don't even have to go through the motions of trying. I mean, literally today they're saying, you know, we said we we're going to come back on another proposal, but you know what, we're not going to do that. I mean, eh. You know, that's sort of the height of arrogance, I suppose. They're the billionaires, so they get to do that. But, um, you know, mediation is not going to come in and say, man, I really see where you guys are coming from. You you guys are talking sense. Let me go over to the player side and just try to hammer, you know, some knowledge into these guys because they're clowns. You know, if anything, the owners, any kind of neutral party is going to say, you got to move more than the player side. Whether it's going to happen, you know, that's what mediation is going to insert into this, which only means that the owners are going to get more obstinate.
2: Yeah, the players have already made a few concessions, you know, on some of their asks in the last two offers. And like there was a quote from Manfred going around from, you know, mediation in the past where it's like, yeah, the president said like, yeah, we made a recommendation, which isn't normal. And then like, you know, my clients really didn't like that recommendation. Like, yeah, the owners are not going to like it. Like, you know, anybody can look at this and say like, yeah, you guys are really strong arming them for not a lot of ask on the player's side like the players are willing to negotiate uh, and the owners are not willing to give up seemingly
1: anything yeah and the mediation is is there's nothing to it I mean if if both sides said okay mediator come up with a plan and we're signing on for it we you know we 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 promise (laughs) we promise uh that would be different the mediator's gonna come in as another guy eating uh, eating bagels and drinking coffee at the meetings I mean they're you know obviously they're gonna try to help but there's there's no authority there uh it didn't help much going back even to 1981 so you know it's just i mean you just got to set more chairs at the table it doesn't seem like it's going to really lead to progress
0: yeah i would recommend going and following uh eugene friedman on twitter who is a labor lawyer who is consistently posting very good seemingly and reliable legal takes on on these recent developments and yeah, he seems to think that the mediator he, he had a thread today that I, I I I'll let you guys go go look it up, but to try to sum it up a little bit, basically MLB is not acting in good faith, so it's really hard to know what's going on. Yeah. That's kinda of the that puts a stop to everything. Like yeah. is there this is this even serious? We don't know because they're not serious. And that's fact is that what they is went so for the fundamentally mediator frustrating before about this whole offer. thing.
2: I said yeah the the fact that they talked about the going to the mediator before making another offer like a mediator is going to say like all right what's your offer and what's your offer let's see where we can come to good. but like the players are having an offer on the table and the owners are like we're not even going to make an offer let's mediate mediate what what are we mediating
1: hey Adrian, don't you know anything about negotiation you do you make like one or two counter proposals and then you quit you just say yeah. all right th- I'm tired of this what like we need I a mediator to come this. in and
2: tell them that they're crazy like they, they're they're greedy <laughs>
1: Careful what you guys ask for. This is going to end up not going well for you, even though you have all of the money. Hey, listen, we are winding up this podcast, but you know, why don't we talk a little bit about the movie tournament we just had? It was just 16 movies, uh, so not the greatest sampling. A, many of the movies you figured would advance sort of did. I don't think there are too many like uh, sneak attacks in there. Uh, the final was Field of Dreams uh, narrowly over Major League, uh, which I would not necessarily have predicted, but I could have imagined those two in the final uh well i i certainly know at least one person here is not too happy about the field dreams final but uh next year looking ahead to maybe 32 movies uh is there hope that there might be somehow some broader coalition of movies we can all get behind and agree on and not feel bad about
2: no feel <laughs> the, the dreams is son to somehow win again feel the dreams will be uh Titanic Field of Dreams will beat Citizen Kane. Like there's no winning with well, the Adrian, voting next, public and, next, and Field of Dreams.
1: Next year if it's played, next year a Field of Dreams will have some cubby stink on it. It might not be quite as appealing to a if, White Sox vote. If we can
2: please if we can please have round one Field of Dreams versus like Avengers Endgame, <laughs> like we might have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, like if the natural is uh, out in round one, like I don't have very much hope.
3: I'm sorry that I petitioned against you so much for the natural. I just really loved Moneyball so much more. I liked both though, but I just loved all of the replies. Like to each time you tweeted that out, they're like, why is this not in here? This poll is stupid. Like, okay. And then the field of dreams won and suddenly everyone is dragging Brett on Twitter I yeah, had like you know, three
2: people. I had like three people that I'm like, yeah, like this is how we picked them. Like, yeah, we understand there's not very many. Like, we'd love to hear what you would want, you know, for the future. And then the crickets. They never respond yeah, exactly.
1: back. It's like, you know, everybody did have a vote. I mean, I'm sure there's a way. You know, <laughs> I like, mean, We've had their like Russians crush uh, crash our uh, prospect pool where it's like 600 votes for like uh, Andrew Perez. So, I mean, I think it's possible even like you know, vote more than once. So don't ask me how. I'm not that you know, clever. But yeah, I mean. When when it's easier to send a tweet rather than just oh sorry I'm asking you to click on the story sorry you know SB Nation needs that half penny but well you can make a vote you know but I guess it is better to shake your tiny fist in the air Zach did you think that Major League was going to have a chance did you think there because I was it was it was close uh, the whole the the whole final was close uh, and I would have maybe predicted Major League was going to win did you I'm sure you didn't have a lot invested in it but did you think Major League
0: might take it all? I think in a year in which one of the most beloved players on the White Sox does not hit an incredibly thrilling, dramatic game-winning home run in a nationally televised game against the Yankees, themed around the movie Field of Dreams, I suspect it would not have beaten Major League, or maybe even a few of the movies before it, honestly. Um so you so know, <laughs> throwing
1: down. you're throwing down you're saying let's lay some up next year let's see what happens here. all
0: right yeah let's feel the dreams defend its title let's see let's see what the people think after Everybody's another, another Field of Dreams. Like, nah you don't get to walk <laughs> walk off into the corn you don't get nah nah you <laughs> gotta mean, throw those hands you gotta <laughs> honestly
2: too i think that like if i'm not mistaken like like three or four hours before the vote ended like i feel like major league was in the lead by a good like 10 or so votes. Like there was a late push for field of dreams to get it over the it's, top.
0: it's, it's really, it's really my own fault for for trying to keep myself off of off of social media as much as possible and not, <laughs> and not pushing for it very much, which I think personally speaks to the power of the movie. I, I, I only did promotion for like, I, I put out like one tweet. I think I hardly, I, I left most of the conversation to you guys because I don't know. I was off my phone a lot, but uh, <laughs> I works. think that speaks for itself. Honestly, it works. I, I'm pretty sure I
2: berated people into at least 35 votes for the natural like it was i was getting it was getting blown <laughs> out it was getting blown out for a second before i'm like i gotta go on the offensive like let me uh, put some stuff up on facebook even like i gotta bring in these old people <laughs> like-
1: yeah, figure it out. We, we have mascots for these movies at this point zach hayes representing major league although you know dormant he just he didn't care enough people he didn't care enough i'm just uh, that
0: persuasive clearly adrian I'm
1: serrano scared. uh the natural which you know if he wasn't doing it i was gonna do it um crystal uh what, did didn't you write anything us? Did you have a strong no. allegiance, or you just don't even? Know My that?
3: strongest allegiance will always be Moneyball, followed by okay. A League of Their Own. Oh, okay. And if you put Little Big League in next year, I will pass out flyers <laughs> in the loop. But, um, <laughs> thank you, spoke for this movie.
1: I hate these baseball movies <laughs> that champion our division rivals. Though Little Big League cannot win, but it's yeah, so it'll be fun to get eight. Little Big League in the mix because we know good vibes jackie's gonna be all over that so mm.
0: get sugar out of the first round next year too
1: yeah no kidding yes. a few
0: that, i'm, I'm long taking long that long. one up that's my my pet cause for 2023 yeah, okay.
3: book, yeah. Fair i'm year. gonna buy bots next year just to vote for
0: the <laughs> <laughs> i thought
3: 42
2: one. had a chance 42 yeah. made a push yeah. at the end
3: um,
1: sorry 108 tournament you ain't nothing anymore it's the south side zags movie tournament coming to a uh, screen near you in a okay, uh, Crystal, Adrian, thank you for joining me on this White Sox Hall of Fame discussion. And oh, hey, of course, it broke down into movies. Probably next podcast we'll talk about movies, too. But until then, we'll be back shortly, sooner than you probably want us to. Thanks, everybody, for listening.